Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Street Comics Podcast. Starring Mark Clare and Renzo Martinez. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Second Print Comics Podcast, the only comics podcast you need to be listening to, because here at The Cult, we do restrict what you do in your daily life. No, just joking. Um, we are back covering more horror and haunted and gore and monstrous themed books as we embark in another Spooktober here. Spooktober is something we've been doing at SPC since way yonder back just two years ago. And last week, we went ahead and covered Werewolf by Night. The week before that, we covered um, Something is Killing the Children. And we're continuing with the whole month, this time going back to one of my favorites. We're covering Blade. But we're not covering Blade in a Blade book like we did last year, covering Blade versus Wolverine, which is a fun, gory one-shot. No, we're going back to the first appearance of the Daywalker before he had many of the tropes that we know of when it comes to Blade. And it's not even in a Blade book. Today, we're jumping into the Tomb of Dracula. But this week, I'm not going solo. A listener recently said that, um, you know, every main character has a token uncle. So I wanted to go ahead and bring back token <laughs> uncle Brody. You know, every every character in comics that has a token <clears throat> uncle, usually something bad happens to the uncle. So maybe it's just it's just you having to go back and read books from the 70s in this case. But Uncle Brody, great to have you back. I went ahead and pushed you to read Tomb of Dracula. I didn't know that before today's episode. And this actually surprises me because usually you're filling me in a lot of details. You had Ooh. never read a Marvel Dracula book or read anything Marvel with Dracula. Well, I, I had read some some titles that that had um, Dracula in it. I think there was Wolverine uh, earlier this year or earlier last year in which um, Dracula was involved and everything. And I read some of that. But I didn't know that Marvel had a, a Dracula title like that. You know, it was a self-standing title and had it for several years. So I was just like, I really never knew that there was like a, a real bad guy that had his own title. And there's no like good character about this guy to cheer on. He's just. He's just a bad guy through and through. So I, I wasn't aware of that. So when you picked this and everything, I was I was kind of surprised that they didn't know that, uh, that that was happening. I picked it primarily because I wanted to cover Blade. Um, right. I, I, I've always been a big Blade fan, and I didn't know that he hadn't started in his first book. I thought that he had started in like a Marvel spotlight. Like um, Ghost Rider didn't first appear in Ghost Rider and She-1. He appeared in a Marvel spotlight book. 
Uh, Wolverine didn't even start in his own book or in X-Men. He he appeared in an issue of The Incredible Hulk. So I thought it would be something a little bit more akin to that. And I was kind of right. Tomb of Dracula. Uh, I I first became aware that Dracula existed in the Marvel Universe in the mid-2000s. He appeared in an X-Men crossover, I think called Mutants versus Vampires, where Dracula was basically trying to turn all the mutants in the island of Utopia into vampires. So then he could use, you know, mutant vampires to take over the world. So that's where I kind of became familiar that, oh, he exists in Marvel. But going back to this, as I was doing more research on Blade. Yeah, this took place in, I think, 1974. I've been covering a lot of books from the 70s the past few months on SPC. And some are real hits and some are real misses. Eternals by Jack Kirby, which we covered earlier in the year. Some weird shit. Moon Knight, some some good stuff here and there. And, and Werewolf by Night was cool. And then the X-Men went through some weird shit before Chris Claremont took over towards the uh, late, late 70s, early 80s. But Tomb of Dracula, um, th- this kind of came out of nowhere. This is coming out around the same period as Werewolf by Night, Man-Thing. We have types. And by types, I mean these are all kind of types from the Universal Monsters era. So okay. the stuff that uni- that Universal still has, they're creating their types of. So Creature from the Blue Lagoon would turn into Swamp Thing. Marvel wanted their own Swamp Thing, so they have Man Thing. Man real, Thing. Right. Real original. <laughs> um, they can't have a werewolf, and they rarely ever call him a werewolf. So you have Werewolf by, by Night or Moon Wolf or something like that, uh, which is another character, J. Jones Jameson's son, who goes on to marry She-Hulk. But then you I have – then you have Dracula, and this is very much Dracula that kids read in school, and that just yeah, kind of is... that, that kind of caught me out. That kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, watching you looking over the comic and everything, I'm like, yeah, this this is this is I want to drink your. <laughs> it's Count Chocula. I mean, he's wearing the cape. He's got the widow speak. Um, this is for for old he's school. Flying, he's doing everything, and, and can I say, can we just bring Dracula to Krakow and like kill everybody? Everybody. I was totally team turns- mutant like five, like ten years ago. Now it's like you got to purge the whole race, <laughs> or just like go to who's who's the damn writer on that thing. Jonathan Hickman. Well, he, yeah. he go well, to Hickman's house. You know, and drink I, I, his blood. I, I said some. I, I said some really mean things about Jonathan Hickman. Here's where I'm at now. Jonathan Hickman okay. was like giving you like a, a fascist teasing, whereas the current writers who took over after like X of Swords and stuff, they're just like pure like ethno state. Like they have basically created like, you know, a, a crossbreed of like Hitler's visions and what Liberia oh is as a country. And that's the mutant nation of Krakoa. And now it's like, well, whereas Jonathan jo- yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Hickman was basically saying, are they, are they not? Now the current writers are just like, we are down with this shit. And yeah, Dracula should come back and fix this shit because this is this is wrong. I'm not yeah. for I'm not for genocide. This is a very anti-genocide. Well, well, no. But Facts. but we're gonna make an exception for fictional countries. We are pro-genocide when it comes to just fixing the canon, fixing shit, a hundred percent genocide. Like that's just how it's gonna have to be going forward. Yeah, it just needs like a 52 rebirth. Go. 
because damn, it's just, it's unreadable. But anyways, I digress. Let's go back to Dracula. Uh, well, apart from Dracula, mm-hmm. what, what's your, what's your history of Blade? To be honest, my first history of Blade was the movie, right? I knew of him, like in the comic books or anything, not interested, not, didn't really care or anything. And when I watched the Blade movie, it was like, wow, like Wesley Snipes was really a badass in the movie. Um, I didn't know a lot of the, a lot of the backstory that I originally knew was from the movie. Oh, his mom got bit while he was she was having a baby. That's how he's somewhat of a vampire. But when you read some origin stuff, it's totally not the case. So um, I loved playing him in Marvel Alliance. I thought he was a very good character in the first one. I think they took him out of the second one. Um, yeah, when Night you Stalkers, play him in hell, when you have to go uh-huh. find Mephisto, that is one oh, of yeah? the coolest parts of that entire game. Oh, wow. Um, Night Stalkers, great. Um, uh, whenever he does team-ups and he's, like, you know, allied uh, with, like, dark, uh, like, entities, like, whether it's Ghost Rider or whether it's, like, when Daredevil's kind of crazy and bad or <laughs> when he teams up with Frank Castle or something with Punisher. I always loved those team-ups with him. Him and Wolverine had that one team-up you were talking about earlier which I, I really dug. Um, but yeah, my, my real uh, awakening to Blade was the Blade movies. And one and two, I thought were really freaking good. Three, ah, it was like, okay, he jumps a shark. But ever since then, I've been a huge fan. And I'm so excited that, um, was it Mahershala Ali? Mahershala Ali. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait for him to take over the reins and, and just be a badass Blade because he... He's got the acting chops, and, and physically he can handle the load. I, he's, I'm to- totally, totally pumped. I was not aware that Blade started off in 1973. Had no clue. I thought he was more modern 80s. And that's the weird thing about it, because he basically disappears for like a full decade. He, he is very strongly rooted in the anti-hero era of Marvel mm-hmm. Comics in the 90s, because when he does okay. come back, he doesn't look like this. So let's just look at him on the cover of Tomb of Dracula. Um, he's wearing a brown coat, green pants, which for listeners of last week's show, I don't know if green pants were a thing in the 70s, but Werewolf <laughs> by Night was wearing them. All the goons were wearing them. Green pants must have just been the shit. And he's wearing like, you know, disco visors and everything he had, every weapon he has is wooden. This is not the blade that I was introduced to in the right. Spider-Man cartoon series from the 90s. Oh, that's where right. He's wearing a leather spiked jacket. He's got mm-hmm. like, you know, the um, the Wesley Snipes buzz cut and he has a laser sword and everything is dangerous and metal. It's like you do not belong in the same show where Spider-Man's not allowed to hit people like this guy is murdering people. And I'm just like, right. that dude is awesome. So mm-hmm. to have gone from that. That was my first, you know, introduction to Blade. Then it's Wesley Snipes. And then basically Wesley Snipes is Blade in the comics. They basically made comic book Blade Wesley Snipes Blade, which is smart because this is different. This is very much Blade as a – I don't know if they were setting him up to be like, you know, a standalone hero like some of the other folks I mentioned, you know, Wolverine appearing in Hulk. Uh, so, some yeah. of the other stuff like it. He very much seems like he's the cool antagonist to Dracula in this book. And I kind of get it because while he may and, – and I would still argue that he's cool. I mean a, he's a black vampire slayer who's going around the world killing vampires. That was very new. That kind of yeah. came out of nowhere. 
And they nail it in this book. But I'm glad that they made the changes they eventually did in the 90s when they would bring him back. I think 1992 is when they bring him back with the Night Stalkers during um, the Spirits of Vengeance story arc with Ghost Rider. And that was a remarkable decision because other than that, he just blatantly disappears for almost a full decade. Yeah. I I really, excuse me. Like I like you, I I I agree with the change to to make it more like a Wesley Snipes in the comic books, and he had a a, a short series. Um, I think it was on a, a channel called G Four, which is like an anime um, uh, blade, which is also like very freaking graphic. There was and, an MTV uh, Blade series too. Right, right, and I believe yeah. it was uh, one of the the rappers from um, Onyx, uh, Sticky Fingers. He was the uh, the lead for. He played the lead. It was very short lived. I think it only it yeah. lasted like one season or something. But um, I, I agree with the move. Um, it, it totally made him relevant. Um, now, let, let me ask you this. D- have you gone in any backstory and informed the, the fans on uh, the, the, the differences between how he was written originally and, and, and the change? Do we want to get into that now? Or have you gone through like an origin story it's, with him before? Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been about a year. So we can go ahead and cover that. And I'll go ahead and okay. leave a link to Blade versus Wolverine, which is what we covered last yeah. October. Um, yeah. which is very much a different blade from here. So basically, yeah. since since the movie origin has basically been retconned into the comics, uh, what ended up happening, and, and I'll kind of run through it briefly, but I'll spot the differences. One, right. uh, Deacon Frost. People might remember him from the first Blade film. Uh, Deacon Frost is still the guy who goes ahead and bites Blade's mother. Um, the difference is, is that um, Deacon Frost was going after prostitutes and you know, he, he goes ahead and he finds a pregnant prostitute. And I think the 1870s or something like that in London, I think, and that ends up being, um, Blade's mother. So Blade is actually pretty immortal. Whereas in the Blade movie, which is basically many elements of it are in current canon. Uh, his mother was a nurse or somebody who worked in finance in, you know, like in this case, we'll, we'll take it back to like the 60s, 70s. Uh, she mm-hmm. falls, you know, she ends up hooking up with this guy at a club who is Deacon Frost. Deacon Frost goes ahead and uh, bites her. And as the first film kind of shows, Blade thinks that she died during childbirth, but she ends up right. later. Uh, whereas in, in, in the comics, at least for his original origin, she did die during childbirth and he was raised and eventually, uh, became a vampire slayer much like this so it really just comes down to is blade like more than a hundred years old or is blade you know aging like a like an actual human because one of the other things that uh changes him is that uh he has more of a healing factor in that blade versus wolverine book that we looked at blade does not have wolverine level healing factor but in the comics he has more of a healing factor in the film he didn't he was basically immortal except he had enhanced reflexes he had half of that vampire dna in him because he was you know in the womb when his mom was bit so some of those things kind of cross over uh but the whole intent (laughs) is is that blade has a grudge his mom is dead and he wants to go ahead and rid the world of vampires. You know, I was doing a deep dive when, when you sent me the comic and everything. And, and I don't know if this information is correct or not. I need to vet it or not. But supposedly in this first appearance, he's not a vampire. He's just a person who is extremely skilled at hunting vampires. He was raised by somebody who 
did whatever. Like it, it has some ties in the fact that, you know, his mom was killed by a vampire or some shit like that. And then um, he was just raised by somebody who knew everything about vampires. So like he was like, you know, Olympic level athlete, whatever, whatnot. And all these uh, weapons and whatever were designed or that he got, uh, he got this one guy who trained him to kill vampires said later on during that gap that we're talking about is when, <clears throat> or excuse me, before that gap that we're talking about, like in the eighties or so, they kind of flipped into like, he, he actually is a vampire now. I did not even notice that in reading yeah. this issue that they took yeah. out all the vampireness out of him, but that yeah. makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. How could you so, have, how could you have a vampire slayer? who's also part vampire. Yeah, I'm still getting so, around the fact that they had a black vampire slayer. So, I mean, he just keeps getting cooler. Yeah, man, he's he he is he is legit. You know, he's legit. And the fact that he that his origins are here in Dracula and everything is, you know, I, I guess it's it's well played because, I mean, if, if you're going to introduce somebody like this, you put him up against the biggest of bad vampire that ever existed and, and we'll go from there. So um, so as, as you read on and everything, as you read more of this comic. Because it's very seventies. Oh I mean, the gosh, writing yeah. is is very. This is very I mean, like Dolomite ish. I'm like, people read read this. No, no. What's worse is that people wrote this. <laughs> there, there's um, there, there's an issue of Ghost Rider where he teams up with the original Ghost Rider, who for modern. Uh, Marvel readers is the Knight Rider. He's the cowboy version of Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. And at some points, he's leaving San Francisco. He he uh, he gets called a honky by a bunch of black guys. And I'm just like, wow, the times have times have changed. <laughs> I don't know if I should laugh or be offended. What's going on here? But the, oh, the 70s ridiculous. is weird because this is the one era where they really tried to reflect the times. Whereas yeah. even in the 60s, they were bringing some 60s elements. It still very much felt like they were mimicking the golden age in how they spoke, fashion, references, stuff like that. The 70s, right. especially for Marvel, because Marvel really dove into this. You see this a lot with the X-Men books. Um, very 70s. There are just some things that just completely fly by me sometimes. And then there are some references <laughs> to stuff where I'm just like, damn. This, some, things, some things do, in fact, not age well. And we'll get to some of that dialogue alone in this book. Uh, But for new listeners, what we'll go ahead and do is I will go ahead and let you know in the show notes later, if you want to go ahead and read this book, uh, we're just covering one issue, The Tomb of Dracula, issue 10 from 1973, First Appearance Blade. I'm going to go ahead and run down my, uh, my barely literate regurgitation of the story panel by panel. We'll get Token Uncle Brody's thoughts as we go along, and then we'll go ahead and rate Everything based off a scale of uh, one to five points for art, one to five points for story to see where we land on a scale of 20 when we combine our scores at the very end of the show. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this. First off, we already went ahead and covered um, the cover of the book where we get this first full look of Blade. Uh, we, We talked a little bit about. Uh, Dracula before that but yeah this is the very literary Dracula for uh, Dra- for you know universal monster fans of the movies he very much looks like Christopher Lee so this is very much as as you mentioned earlier pitting a new character up against the baddest of bad guys yeah we go ahead and start the book and what we have is we have these two lovebirds in 1970s London fleeing to a shipyard where they're going to go ahead and basically be stowaways on a boat but just like British teens running through dark alleys in horror filled London they can't catch a break 
they're they're like, you know, you sure we're doing the right thing, Bobby? And he's like, sure, Ellen, come on, we'll stay here for the night and sneak abroad in the morning. We'll be married in America, love, and your parents won't be able to stop us. And it's just like, oh, you you hackney lovebirds, you gonna die. So <laughs> things eventually go a little bit bad for them because they don't even get through one panel. That's how you know they're cannon fodder. They don't get through one panel when a vampire and his friends end up turning from bats into humans and they're basically mm-hmm. like throwing out that Victorian era vampire bullshit. They're just like, forget mm-hmm. your plans. You, When you see America, you will not be alive, but you'll be vampires. And, you know, Bobby's useless. He's just like staring like, and his girlfriend's like, oh, Bobby, look out. So you know, they're basically just meant to be the guys at the beginning at every horror story that are killed just to go ahead and set the stage. But things are going to go ahead and work out for them because who ends up jumping immediately? And I thought this is a great way to go ahead and introduce any new character, especially the characters badass as Blade, as these um, two vampires are about to go and kill our token hackney lovebirds. We see somebody tossing hands and what we see is he jumps up on a crate and he's like, um, they call me Blade, Blade the Vampire Killer. And just up front, nobody nobody in comics looks like Blade, is nearly like Blade, especially Marvel, where they took so much, so many characters and stories from DC. I, I got to give it to Blade and maybe Iron Fist and Ghost Rider. Really, those, yeah. and Spider-Man, I'll say Spider-Man. Really, those four are the only ones that are incredibly distinctly Marvel. They're characters that you can go ahead and say, oh, they got the Hulk from this. They got X-Men from this. They got a lot from this. Blade right here, he looks freaking awesome. There is no other character that looks remotely like him because he's human-ish as far as we know for right now. Uh, he's, right. he's got the green coat. He's got a bunch of you know wooden knives and shit like that and the 70s disco visor and fro. He comes up scary. Being a black man in the middle of the night in London, <laughs> killing vampires. I dig it. No, I dig it as well. I was, uh, I, I was kind of surprised he showed up so early in the story. Um, and he, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was quite an intro. And I love it. They call me Blade, whatever. Does somebody say who is that? Or does he just randomly <laughs> introduce himself? Yeah, so there's... Um, Oh, yeah, there, there's a panel above because I got confused between um, the okay. vampires yelling at the couple and the couple screaming. Uh, at one point, as one of them goes ahead and grabs the girl, uh, you hear, you see the voice balloon and it's off to the corner. It's canted above her head. That's why I got confused. Um, remove your hands from her now. And they're like, who is this? And he's like, they call me Blade, Blade <laughs> the vampire killer. And I'm just like, well, that's a way to announce yourself. Yeah. This kind of reminds yeah, me of no. the nightclub scene from the first Blade. Where he just walks in as they do like the sprinklers of blood shit. Oh. As he walks in, <laughs> then everyone is like, it's the daywalker. And he just starts like murdering. I'm like, this kind of reminds me of that. A bit more low-key. Kind of <laughs> reminds me of that. I forgot about that scene. That scene is so epic. That's really the best. That, like that's, that that's the best scene in all of Blade. There are actually very few action movies that have come out since then that have been able to capture that moment. No, it's really, really something else. 
Yeah, but for the next couple panels, we see that the vampires are freaking out. They're like, Blade, we were warned of him. Dracula said, kill him if he showed his filthy face. And at this point, he's just mocking them. He's stabbing them. And they don't show the blood or anything. But this is one of the few times you see, like, knife penetration in a comic. He's just, like, stabbing them in the back. He's staking them through the heart. Like, he is just, like, murdering shit. Like, this is actually... This is a more violent introduction than when they introduce the Punisher in the Amazing Spider-Man, where he misses every <laughs> shot and he's just like, "I'll get you next time." It's like, no, Blade murders. Like he straight up does not fuck around. So he goes ahead and he's continuing to kill them. And uh, you know, one of the vampires tries to turn back into a bat, and he's just like, "And this is where the cringe comes in." No way, brother, you're not escaping me. I've been hunting you all for too long to watch you slip me now. And I'm just like, oh, that can't be written today. <laughs> Unless they want to evoke this. <laughs> oh, my God. My- oh, yeah. my God. No way. <laughs> so he, he, he tackles the bat and then he stabs it in the heart. And he slowly starts turning back into a physical person. And he finds out he killed a teenager. Does Blade give a shit? No. Not at all. No. And, and let me ask you this. I mean, again, this is vampire lore and all this other stuff. I thought you stab a vampire through the heart and he's either turns to ash or he burns himself to death or something. These people just are just it's like they were it's almost as if they revert to human form and they're dead. Right? Isn't that what it, what it looks like? What happened to them when they killed when he killed vampires in Blade? Because it's like a lot of limbs and stuff go flying. Well, I, I think, think he he did it a lot with, he used a lot of silver. So whenever they get stuck by silver, it's almost like he stabbed them through the heart and then they were like disintegrate. Yeah. He's using all wooden stakes and knives right now. Like everything is wooden. He right. doesn't even, like, I just noticed this now. Blade doesn't even have a sword. At all. Yeah. At not all. in this comic. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or a machine Blade, gun or, yeah, or, or, or like, you know, the, the, the automatic uh, crossbow shit. Like he doesn't, uh. He doesn't have his own one man armory with him, which, which which makes me think like the one time I remember seeing a vampire disintegrate in the movie was mm-hmm. was like, um, I think it was I think it was the 2004 Van Helsing. With Hugh Jack, they disintegrated. You know what? They disintegrated. I disintegrated. I missed that movie. I did not watch it. That it's actually really good. Is it really? It's basically I just heard so many bad things about it that I was OK, okay like, honestly, it's better than Blade 3. Oh, okay. Then maybe it I'll is Van Helsing is what if Blade met Wolverine and they were the same person, but both like carrying extreme levels of Catholic guilt. That's basically <laughs> the movie. So if you can accept that premise, then then it's a good film. But that was the first time in, in that movie, because you see Dracula's wives in that movie. When he kills Dracula's wives, they disintegrate. Okay. And then after that, you've got 30 Days of Night. In the comic, they also disintegrate sometimes, unless you want to see a head head get cut off for like. That's, 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 a good, that's an underrated vampire scary movie. That, that 30 Days of Night is good. That's one of my favorite horror films. Generally. That's a solid movie. Yeah, but but these vampires, like they look kind of like like some of them, you could tell the ones who are converts. They're not the full blooded vampires. The full blooded gotcha. vampires look more like a few of the goons a few panels ago that look kind of like a Nosferatu type. And, and that's why, um, you know, Dracula, he's not, you know, 
the head vampire because he's a pure-blooded vampire. He's not. He just happens to be able to basically go all mafia on them. He kills all the other vampires in his way, and he's like, I'm the top dog. And they're like, okay. So they, they kind of just count out of him, even though he's not full-blood. Dracula was a convert. Um, okay. But, you know, Blade kills this kid. And who ends up showing up? This is where we go ahead and meet Harker. So Harker is the guy who raised him and provided him all his stuff. This version of Harker, who appears out of nowhere because now he could be helpful, I guess. Um, (laughs) You know, he comes over and he starts judging Blade and everything. And he's like, but he was only a child, Blade, a child. And Blade turns around. He's like, oh, it's you, Harker. Where you what hole you crawl out of? It's like, you don't wait, have to... Wait, Hold on, hold on. Why is, Blade, why is Blade like a slave in Django? <laughs> why are you making him sound like that? Because that's how he's written. I'm just as being... As a southern ac- black man? As a southern black man. I didn't, I didn't make <laughs> him say, hold up. I didn't make him say, hold up. The writer did. <laughs> so I'm just trying to be accurate to the time. He's Dolomite. Okay. He's Jamie Foxx in the most like, like targeted stereotype ever. I have to commit okay. at this point. Okay. All right. All right. I, 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 I you know, go with it. Go well, with just it. like the blind side, Blade can only succeed because of the help of a, of, of a wealthier white person. <laughs> a white man. <laughs> and that's where Harker w- rolls in. Harker, as people remember from the Blade films, Ooh. is his armor. He taught him everything. Um, yeah, Harker is his is his Alfred, but crippled. Um, Harker rolls over, and uh, I'm not saying rolls over to be derogatory towards people who are he's literally in a wheelchair. There's no other way. I'm not going to say. Well, he walked over, and then that's that makes it worse. Harker's crippled, and this is also a change from where he is in this first appearance to how he ends up being an alcoholic, the post Wesley Snipes blade, because just like in the film where he could walk, in the comics he could walk. Okay. Harker is actually right. younger, I think, in the in the Spider-Man cartoon. He wears a lab coat and stuff, and he's like, "Okay, Mister Blade, it's time to get you your shit." And it's just, you know, <laughs> he's, he plays that role. But Harker here is older, and he's crippled. And um, you know, at this point, he's just like, "I had a call that you were in this part of the country, and that you'd been here. You know, you just killed a teenager, Blade." And Blade still doesn't care that he killed a teenager, and he's just like, "That's Mister Blade, Harker, and I frankly don't give a flying hoot." I didn't I didn't do this. Don't blame me, people. He was a stinking vampire, better off dead. So at this point, you know, you can already tell that there's a contentious relationship between Blade and Harker. He's like, Sides, right. since when did you, since when did you start good mouthing the undead? It's like, I wonder if undead is like the N-word for vampires, because this oh is just very, <laughs> like these are very, very direct questions. But, um, you know, Harker is is basically afraid to sum up their conversation. He's afraid that Blade is just going on like a killing spree and that at some point, you know, maybe we should stop killing all the vampires because there might be a way to stop some of them. Because in in the Bram Stoker lore, you can basically save somebody who has been cursed with the curse of the vampire if you kill the vampire that converted them. In this case, uh, Dracula being the head vampire who can create other vampires. None of the other vampires are allowed to do that. When they bite somebody, they they bite to consume, to kill them, basically. Hey, real quick. Did you ever read Bram Stoker's Dracula? Um, I read it after 
seeing the um, the Gary Oldman Keanu Reeves version. Okay. So I, I like I like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein because it's okay. very much a a linear story. You know, has a has a singular narrative throughout it. Bram Stoker's right. Dracula is hard because it's all letters. Yeah, it, it, that this is where I, my segue was just in. I thought the very first part of Bram Stoker's Dracula is actually pretty scary to read. Mm-hmm. When the lawyer goes into the castle, all that shit that you saw in the movie, you really read it. It's like, damn, okay, where's it going? Then Dracula gets on the ship. Letter to this person, letter to that person, letter to this person, letter to that person. And I was like, there goes the book. I'm done. I, I couldn't follow. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Ugh. And I was so disappointed because the first quarter of that book is actually scary. Is actually really damn good. Then when he sets sail to cross the sea, and it's it's the letters to his uh, to the lawyer's betrothed, and, and this and that, and all this other stuff. I'm like, man, just just give me the goods. I, I, this is this is a little bit too much. Sometimes they just write for the beauty of writing, and I'm like, okay, I get it. You're way smarter than I am. Let's just get to the story. But that's yeah. you know that's my two cents. Yeah, I mean how how Dracula became popular after that. Um, because I mean, if that was such a popular style of writing, then they would have done it for other books. They would have done it for other horror-themed monster uh, books. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's why I still think that Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is is one of the best because you could see that being taken for so many other books and for so many <laughs> other characters and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Hulk is very much a Frankenstein trope in many ways. Yeah. And when you go yeah. back and you understand Mary Shelley and you see where, especially in a, in a mortal Hulk, they really take it to a whole bunch of other levels. You could see where the inspiration takes place, but I mean, yeah. it never, all the, all the Dracula's we see, they never go back to the book. It's always a Christopher Lee account, Chocula stereotype, something like right, that, right. which I kind of like, but you, you mentioned the boat, you mentioned that, that second act of the book, which is just mm-hmm. annoying. This this issue actually sounds a lot like it if you really start thinking about it. And that's where we go to the next part where uh, Harker has not been able to convince Blade that uh, he should stop stabbing teenage vampires. Instead, Blade is like, I'm going to go to the top of the pyramid for these vampires. I'm going to go ahead and take out Dracula. So you can tell me where he is or you can roll back to where, whatever hole you came out of, Honky, because it's just not going to get any better from here. More people going to die. And, um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a gross exaggeration of what he actually wrote. There's a whole dialogue, emotions, that stuff. But people don't come here right. for that. They, they want to hear the violence. So now we're on a cruise ship somewhere in the, in the ocean somewhere. And what you see is basically what you get in every 70s horror action film. You just get a whole bunch of rich white people doing, like, coke and heroin and getting drunk and uh they're just having just the best time on this party boat it's just a giant orgy but it's marvel so you know comics code authority you can't see the orgy but you know it's happening somewhere in the you know it's happening you know it's happening you see the smoke (laughs) but you don't see anyone smoking huh um this is filled with a whole bunch of rich people businessmen celebrities politicians and it's like they're just doing you know what the rich and the wealthy do, which is have their uh, PG rated orgy that you know is happening, but you just kind of got to roll with it. Anyway, they want to go ahead and meet the person that invited them here for all their drugs and booze and everything else. And at this point uh, you have this guy named Graves. He comes out, you know, in his full Butler uniform and he's just like, uh, 
well, I'm here to introduce my master, my boss, and you all know he's here. So uh, here, Count Dracula, and he comes out. Dracula comes out from behind a freaking curtain with his, like, cape. Like, he, he's doing the full Dracula thing. And he's like, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Count Dracula at your bid. And everyone is just like, oh, this is awesome. He sounds just like the movie. So everyone kind of, here's what, here's what actually kind of captures me of this. And this is what's interesting because we're getting basically Victorian Bram Stoker Dracula in a Marvel comic book. So how do you justify that? Because he's beyond other characters. What people need to remember is that Dracula was in the public domain, much like a lot of other horror characters. So they, Marvel could do whatever they wanted to do with Dracula without paying rights to the estate. So essentially what they did was they said, what if Dracula was real and all the books, all the movies happened? So people look at this guy and they think, oh, he's a Dracula actor or something, or maybe he's, you know, a crazy he's a lookalike. He's a lookalike. <laughs> so when they're like, oh, he sounds like the movie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He looks like that. He sounds like that. Talks like that. They're probably talking about a real life movie in which you would have this Dracula, which is taking large inspirations from Christopher Lee and others. This is where he's based off of. So no one is afraid, but no one treats him like, oh, shit, Dracula. It's like if Hitler walked in a room and was like, hello, everybody. I'm here for the bar mitzvah. And everyone is just like, what? It's wow. like, oh, <laughs> like this is... This is basically the same equivalent. I'm just trying to draw comparisons because I'm a people person and I just want to make sure everyone gets the clear message. So it's like if today you were on a giant boat in the middle of the ocean and someone dressed as Hitler walked out, you wouldn't think, oh my God, it's Adolf Hitler. You'd think, wow, that person's trying to play a very distasteful joke. Well, I mean, I'll say this and, and all, all that shit you said was so funny, but um. It, it's been, in, in my understanding, uh, Hitler. See, now you got me in the Hitler shit. Um, Hitler, Dracula, there's a lot of similarities. <laughs> Dracula, um, I guess, yes, was secretive at, at some points, but, and, you know, it always seemed like, whether it's Bram Stoker's or in any kind of iteration of the movies or anywhere he was written, that he doesn't necessarily hide. Like, he's always, you know, he wants people to know that he's around. So, I mean, in, in and this is what threw me off a little in the comic that everybody reacted like, oh, he's the guy from the movie. I'm like, that nobody's ever heard of the real Dracula in this universe? Like, he's obviously been alive for a long fucking time. Has like, you have super soldiers Hulk and Hulks and Spider-Men, <laughs> but the Dracula guy is where you're like, no, that's too much. No. 
that is that's a bridge too far for me. I saw the flying human torch dude and that thing at the Baxter building, but a that's Dracula? Come on. Come on. Come on. You mean to tell me he lives in Transylvania? Come Transylvania's on. not even a real country. <laughs> <laughs> but Latveria is. <laughs> Good job, Marvel continuity. You're making sense again. Oh, the 70s were so perfect. So, so I just you know, I just thought that that was a little bit weird. Like, really, really? You think he's an actor? Like, but oh well. I was, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I had to cut so you off. So basically, everyone is asking him, like, "Are you a vampire? How old are you? Is it true you drink blood?" Because it's like you know, characters at Disney right, World. Right. You know, that's right. not Wolverine hugging your son. But they're just <laughs> they're just you know they've done so much like you know crack and stuff like that they're just having fun with it and dracula at this point he's just like yeah you know i think i'm i think i'm done with these questions so he finds this uh you know who, who was what's her name um marilyn monroe's dead at this point so who was like oh who was the woman that charles manson killed well, no, he didn't. He didn't technically kill anyone. He had his. He had his people. Uh, I. I don't know. Uh, I don't Tate. Know. Tate. I know her. Oh, we're about to do this. Alexa, who did Margot Robbie play in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Alexa, stop. Okay. My my Alexa's stupid. <laughs> Catherine Tate, Kirsten Tate, and and uh shoot. She's supposed to be like this one uh Manson murder. Catherine Tate. She was a big Sharon Tate. Okay. It was Sharon Tate who was that uh that one director's wife. Anyway, so th- this woman who is like taken, you know. Taking a liking of Dracula. Dracula looks at the Sharon Tate-like actress, and right. he's going to go ahead and basically seduce her using his vampire charm and stuff, and make her one of his like sex slaves. I don't know what he does. He's just into weird shit. So basically, they go off. He's hitting on her because you know he's Dracula. He's got the moves. He's the original gangster. He knows what he's doing. He and knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And she is just you know she she's just taking all the compliments and she's like, gosh. You said I'm smart. I've never been called smart before. So you're just like, you're getting all the best advice on how to pick up women from Dracula, the OG lady. So she's just like, you know, I've known you for five minutes. I trust you. She goes into the strange vampire foreigner's room thinking, oh, this will be a good night. And next, you know, he bites her. So you see the scream and the sound effect uh, very you know, very horror comic. Ah, you just see it come out. I, I love some of the artwork in this. Well, some of the renderings aren't always great. There's a very succinct style to how things were done in the 60s and the 70s. You just love it, even when you know yeah. that somebody's getting violently assaulted in the other room. So um, <laughs> Dracula has his guy Graves come and, and basically do what they did for, um, you know, Ted Kennedy. Just, you know, move the body of the woman. So they basically, at this point, they're just like, um, you know, what should I do with her master? And he He's like, well, just go ahead and return her to my room. She's part of the plan. And we don't really know what this plan is, but he doesn't right. really give us much. He's not Dr. Doom where he's giving you the PowerPoint presentation. You actually have to figure out what Dracula is doing. So as he right. runs off and he's like, now it's time for me to go ahead and, you know, bite and kill everyone else. Um, 
you know, at this point, you basically kind of understand that he has selected certain people because he's going to turn them into vampires so he can have influence in different parts of the world, Hollywood, business, politics, and other people I think he just wants to murder for the hell out, hell of it. So he starts right. running off and you see his cape moving and he's giving the, you know, the count from Sesame Street. Ha, 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 ha. And it's just that part's kind of corny, but they treat it so seriously. You, you just kind of get sucked up in it. So what does he do next? He goes ahead and goes to the um, to the uh, um, to the ship captain, who obviously doesn't know that he was chartered by an immortal serial killer. And at this point, he just like you know backhand smacks him like Chris Brown, and he's setting the vessel on a course to basically sink the whole ship. Um, there's not much thought put into this. He's going to crash the ship into something we don't really know, but Dracula knows. And at this point, everyone is just getting tossed around. It's like Poseidon bullshit. They're just like, this is not what I signed up for. The cocaine is hitting too hard. The orgy was not that great. And this weird foreign guy is like kidnapping people. And like, this is not what I signed up for. It's like a afternoon at Jeffrey Epstein's. So at this point, Dracula turns into a spectral form because he can do that now, I guess. And he's taunting people. They're just like, oh, God, like, what's happened? Has everyone gone mad? The, si- the ship, like, are we going to sink? So he turns up as like a astral projection type of thing. Right, I right. Could, That's exactly what I think it is. Yeah, like, did he do that in anything before? And he's Dracula, man. <laughs> he can just do what he wants. <laughs> he can do what he wants. Yeah. But no, I, I've never seen him do that in anything. In any yeah. <laughs> so he he at this point he's just taunting people. He's like, "You fools! It's not the pilots doing; it's mine." And they're like, "Dracula, I, I thought we were friends and, and friends." And see, this this guy's Jewish. He has a yarmulke. So my my Hitler reference was really like, "You can't see the devil right in front of you." Come on, people! <laughs> um, so they're all freaking out. You have your token Arab oil guy. You have your secretary. You have your dude who's a producer producer and then you have another sharon tate lookalike and they're just like how could you do this dracula and he's like um you know i don't give a shit i'm gonna kill you all your spineless worms beneath my pitiless contempt but dracula needs you and soon he will possess you so he's about to have fun with this because if you're gonna go ahead and mind control a bunch of people you might as well kill them i guess that's like jeffrey Dahmer logic so this dude out of nowhere pulls out a revolver. He starts shooting the projection and Dracula just continues to taunt him. And he's just like, you fool. And, and the laughing, you know, he's doing the whole ha 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 thing. He's like, you actually think you can, uh, you actually think that toy can hurt Dracula, the Prince of darkness, the Lord of darkness, Dracula. And now it's actually like shit. Like this dude is actually like, evil he's not like dr doom who mostly talks about being evil like he he takes this old man and he murders him by throwing him off the ship so i'm gonna pause there a lot has happened this is not the love boat cruise these people have thought of what's your judgment on our introduction to dracula in this issue is he way too corny or is he corny in a way that makes every horrible thing he does look even worse I think it's the latter. I think it's, I think he's like that. I think he's pimp slapping the whole boat. I mean, he's basically just, he's just pull, whipping it out and having everybody look at it and then just slapping everybody with it. And then he's going to kill him. Um, is it corny? Yes. The whole astral projection and then taunting. Yes. I did not particularly like the dialogue that the older gentleman with the revolver, he says something like, Oh, one last person. It's just very like, 
the same shit that everybody writes. And I was yeah. like, come on, man. I mean, even in the seventies, <laughs> like, come on, man. Let's 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 do something different. But I I I I think it's it's the latter. I think it is corny, but I think it is it it's it's good and, and it stands up. I, I I like. And I think this is where the introduction of Dracula facing off Blade actually takes a more serious turn. So right. Blade has uh, you know he he's been following the ship and he sees that it's off course and it's it's moving in all these directions. So basically, Blade understands. Oh, Dracula is about to have some shit go down. So he gets his wet <laughs> he gets his wetsuit on. He goes full GI Joe with everything, and he's like, "This is a Bond esque moment. Like, if you want to learn all the different factors and layers of Blade, like this dude could do anything. Okay, he is a killer." Um, he goes ahead and scuba dives all the way, eventually has his harpoon grappling gun that he uses to climb up the side of the boat. And then he takes the suit off and he's like, okay, time to got to get rid of these threads and fast ain't too easy moving in them. And, um, well, I want to say yeah. this. I love the old, the old swimsuit that even has a top that covers his head. <laughs> yeah. People don't even use that anymore. Well, I mean, what's funny is as soon as he takes it off, his fro gets bigger. Well, I don't know if I don't know if the writer had ever met a black person, but they're not like chia pets. They don't grow when you have water. They're, I mean, that's not how it works. But his, his like he's got a giant OJ Simpson fro. Like it gets he bigger. Really, he really does. Panel yeah. to panel. I'm glad they gave Wesley Snipes the buzz cut. But, uh, you know, he's talking to himself and he's just like, and when I'm ready, I'm going to scratch one big daddy vampire. And it's just like, this is what <laughs> this is just I don't, I don't know. Uh, did, did black people talk like this in the 70s? I, I, I you know what? I was uh, I was born in 75. So this issue predates me two years. And quite honestly, I wouldn't remember because I was in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Okay, so we'll just know. assume that prior to that, every black person sounded like Dolomite. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. So we go back to the gala room where Dracula is now there, and he's just like, oh, listen, you have your ultimatum. Either advance my cause or do as I command or suffer my eternal wrath, the wrath of the living dead. Choose now, fool. So basically, they can either be part of his vampire new world order. They could be cannon fodder like the teenager that Blade just offed earlier. And no one talks about that now, even though we killed a child. And um, Or they could just be dead and drained of blood because – you're either with him or not. So he, right. he's offering basically something that corporate America offers on a daily basis. But I digress. Uh, this guy out of nowhere. And this is where stereotyping should really teach people like me a lesson. I thought there was this Arab chic, you know, Saudi billionaire dude, you know, doing coke and stuff on the on the boat. No, he's the guy who ends up basically being the hero because while he was off in the corner and everyone was enjoying their like heroin orgies, he was just kind of off doing his own thing, you know, being judgmental. This guy who I thought was a Muslim dude ends up pulling out a cross, a big cross. And he's just That's like, right. yeah, he's like, I know my answer, demon. I would die before serving an unchristian dog as you die or just or uh, uh die or destroy you first and i'm like wow i really judged that man and, <laughs> and dracula he was, a, he was a good catholic all along <laughs> like that came out of nowhere this book is busting stereotypes blade can swim this guy is a catholic like you know 
this is a very progressive book for its time. And, uh, you know, that guy pulls out the cross. Dracula starts like hissing and freaking out. He's like, what a cross, not a cursed cross. So while Dracula is down and, you know, freaking out, all the men start tackling him. And they're just like, hurry, we need a stake. Get him, kill him. And he's like, no, back, you mindless lackeys, back. Um, meanwhile, Graves is in the wo- is in the room with the Sharon Tate-like woman who Dracula went ahead and bit earlier. And he's just like, shouts, the master's in trouble. And Graves can't leave because he was ordered to stay in the room with not Sharon Tate. So at this right. point, he's he's really wondering, like, you know, he's he's Dracula. He'll be able to handle it or maybe I should go out there. So while he's having his like, you know, existential crisis, um, he gets hit in the back of the head by a lamp. And now Sharon Tate or not Sharon Tate is now like, I have to leave now to join my love. So much like all the women who Dracula bites, she's incredibly in love with him and she has to go defend him because he's screaming and getting his ass kicked by the world's most catholic arab dude so uh at this point the guy is like hold him down uh i can still use the cross and burn the evil from his hellish soul and you know like they're struggling but you know it's like this is not working the way they thought uh and as soon as one of them uh lets go of his leg he he does like a giant backflip type jump thing and uh, Dracula is able to basically jump a level higher than them. But luckily, Blade is there. And uh, at this point, th- they start yelling at each other. Uh, uh, Dracula is like, but uh, the immortal Dracula lives, lives to possess the souls of humans or demand their loyalties as the living dead. I gave you an ultimatum, humans. Now you give me an answer. So Blade jumps over finally. And he's like, the answer, scum, is never. And he's like, Blade, ha, I owe you, Blade. Owe you for what you did to my three soldiers. Um, they were good men, Blade. They, uh, they didn't possess my strength or speed, my strength or my cunning, but they still deserve revenge and they'll have it with your death. So now he's turning in and out of being a bat. And we actually get a pretty cool fight scene between Dracula and Blade. I've never seen Dracula fight. So to actually see him fight in this sense versus Blade right. is pretty cool. And uh, at this point, uh, Dracula is about to lunge at Blade about a page later. And um, uh, he, he basically falls off the ship but he turns into a bat again. He flies back to blade. And at this point he's about to go ahead and try and kill him because he's come back and he's grabbed him. And it's, it's a whole thing. People, you got to read the book sometimes yeah, um, yeah, yeah. at this point. Uh, Dracula is like, there blade. How dare you call yourself a vampire slayer? The one you, uh, the one you have sought to kill now has you, and I shall not let you escape alive. This is when Sharon Tate comes over and right. uh, completely ruins the whole situation. She <laughs> totally just does. Walks, she just walks over and she's just like, Dracula, my hey, love, my I am yours. And he's just like, bitch, what are you doing here? What? Leave me, woman, now. So she goes over to try and help i guess but she ends up just like you know falling over dracula is just tired of this shit so he tosses the woman over a blade and he's like even now as i speak my uh my slave of the sh- my slave of a ship captain has set explosives on the boat explosives enough to destroy the cursed ship and everyone aboard it and uh, at this point, he's turning back into a bat. And he's just like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. It didn't work out. I've got plenty of opportunities. But Dracula shall live on to fight again. And he will next emerge victorious. So at this point, he's 
flying off as a bat. He's just like, you know, I can live another hundred years. This is an average Tuesday for me. And at this point, Blade is like, listen, everyone needs to jump off the ship. So he's like arguing with people who don't want to jump off. So he just starts like tossing people himself. He's like, we don't have time <laughs> for this shit. So as uh, as Dracula is flying off, Graves steps out and he's like, master, come on, come back. I served you well. And Dracula, who likes to taunt people, as we've discovered for the entire book, is like, you were an incompetent idiot, Graves. You outlived <laughs> Farewell. So Graves ends up being the last person on the ship as it explodes. And everyone Aww. is just watching it like the Titanic. And uh, yeah, that's the end of the book. So Dracula escapes. Blade kills a teenager. And, um, you know, we shouldn't all judge everyone that wears a headscarf. <laughs> no. So that ends. Yeah where, this, yeah, where did they get the explosives from? Why did the Arab guy have a cross? <laughs> is this a because comics type? This of is thing? a because <laughs> comics type of thing. Like, yeah, like they they were running out of pages, and they're like, "Well, we can't kill Dracula, so let's just blow up the boat and add some needless exposition." And uh, yeah, so. Let's uh let, let's jump into the rating and review. So I'll I'll, I'll go first. Uh, okay. Art wise, this is good. Like I I try and I, I try and I try and compare artwork to others around this period. Is this the okay. best I've ever seen? No, but it's pretty cool for a horror book. It has all the shadings and stuff you want. The renderings of Dracula, while they might be cliche, the scenes where he turns into a bat and stuff are a bit weird. But right. you know, it, it kind of carries the point. I love the introduction of Blade at the beginning. That giant, uh, you know, page panel where you get to see him jump on the crates and introduce himself as the Vampire Slayer. I like all the action. It's not as fluid action. It's not like what we're going to see in X Men. What we're going to see in Spider Man. Daredevil even at the time this is still very much a comics code authority where the Punisher doesn't kill people and where you you can't show a lot of the you know extensive violence but when Blade is stabbing people throwing people you know doing all that stuff you can get the idea and it makes them cool and the artwork really conveys that I'm gonna go ahead and give this a um I'm gonna give this a 3.5 out of 5 for artwork for story uh this this doesn't give us a lot of information this this kind of lets us in on dracula's plan but why did he select those people who were they really we get an idea that some of them are bankers and hollywood politicians and stuff like that but it's kind of a paint by the numbers type of situation but we get to see uh blade eventually come in i think they kind of ditch him in the middle of the book to bring him back later um you know he he fights dracula and you would think that there would be multiple opportunities for it to almost be like, oh, is Blade going to kill him? But it's a pretty even mm-hmm. keel fight where even Blade struggles. And uh, the, the ending feels rushed. <laughs> so as an introduction to Blade, I think I got everything I wanted. It's not uh, a criticism of him or how Dracula were written or anything else. It just kind of speeds by. And the ending yeah. with the explosions is rushed. I'm going to go ahead and give the story uh, a three out of five. So my total score is a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. Okay. So, so far, art-wise, I agree with you. <clears throat> uh, the art is what it is for, for that time frame. Uh, is there better art out there uh, during that time frame? Yes, but I, I thought it was really done. I really thought that the paneling, the storyboarding was really clever. I thought that that was good. Um, I never got confused. Again, yeah, never got confused. And I there were some points in which he was performing an act of violence in which they 
they paneled it in a certain way that you didn't really see it, but you knew what happened. Much like in the boat, like, you know, there's smoke coming out, people are smoking weed, you know, there's air, you know, people are doing stuff. The so I think the paneling is there. Yeah. And I mean, you can figure out what's going on. And, and, and I think that it flows. So for, for art, um, ah, shit, I'll, I'll give it a three for art. Okay. Um, but I, but, and, and yeah, never mind. I'm, I'm, I'll die. I dig it. Let's, let's move on. So for story, <laughs> I, I agree with you. For story, I, I, I just felt that it was rushed um, in certain parts. Like, let's get to Silver Worth because Dracula has another episode to go. I do want to say that I, I, I did kind of feel like this was um, less of a Dracula book and more of a Blade book. Even though Blade kind of disappears in the middle of the story, I think that um, the focus was really more on him than it was more on, on Dracula. Um, you know, I, I, not that I'm a Dracula historian, but at the same time, him being, you know, put a cross in his face and then like 10 people jump in on him. He's the Prince of Darkness. I mean, you shouldn't, he should be laughing that shit off. Yeah, he's kind of a pussy and maybe it's a sign, Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's sign of the times of maybe the crucifix was that powerful back then. But I was like, no, that shouldn't happen. And then to fight a, you know, whether or not he's a vampiric or not blade and to fight him to a draw, that's also like, if you're the Prince of Darkness, you should be wiping the floor with this guy. You know, yeah. so I was I wasn't too crazy ab- about that. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna go three on story. So it, it, it would be, I mean, my my score would be a six. So we're giving this single issue, Tomb of Dracula, issue ten. We're giving it a twelve point five. It's right. not the most essential reading, <laughs> and I think this is one of the things where you know, like fourteen or higher. Mark and I typically put it in the Sunday read category. But I wouldn't even say this is what I would grab. Like last week's um, Werewolf by Night is in a very strong Sunday read category. It's very cool. Uh, The writing was well done. Was it the best ever for writing and art? No, but it still really carried itself. This was very much a you can skip to the end and kind of assume what happened in the middle and it happens. If anything, I I think what this does is this really makes me appreciate how – they ended up picking up the character of Blade while also redefining uh, Dracula later on. Dracula in his current, like, you know, almost like demon-like form where he's got red eyes and albino skin and stuff, that's really a 10, 12, 13-year-old version of Dracula that's been updated for Marvel. He is way more overpowered. He can turn into a swarm of bats. Uh, he can like not mind control people, but he can, um, you know, appear in there like dreams. hypnotize. Or something. Like yeah. he, he's like the devil, <clears throat> like the current, like the current Dracula in the books is like the devil it is. He is horrifying. And right. Yeah, he so is. he should be yeah. the OG supervillain and blade. Right. You know, this version of blade is cool, but you know, it's like, it's like the first appearance Wolverine. The first appearance Wolverine is not the definitive version of Wolverine. People want, he had the weird, right whiskers on the mask he had like yeah, nubbier yeah. claws that were insinuated to be part of the gloves um that's not that's not like the the frank miller chris claremont versions of wolverine that would come later with a mate with astonishing x-men i'm sorry not astonishing but um uncanny x-men and everyone else in that giant sized issue or even later on in the frank miller wolverine series like sometimes as as you give characters kind of a a period to breathe if they're cool they'll come back and you can kind of fine-tune them for the audience because i don't think anyone would look at this version of blade and think that's my definitive version of blade it's not yellow costume daredevil in the 60s Um, this is very much, you know, this is where it started, but things got better. Thankfully 
the Wesley Snipes blade is the blade we have and my blade. And I think everyone else's blade. And he doesn't yeah. talk like he's he's, you know, he's in a Dolomite film. <laughs> he doesn't. So, I mean, looking back at this episode also. So is Graves like a Dracula's Harley Quinn? And he had um, later <laughs> Dra- Dracula has a guy in, in the book who yeah. who visits him and he basically uh, torments him into becoming like his his slave. So, you know, right. he's just a right. basic like. You know he's he's um he's Igor from Young Frankenstein or right, Frankenstein, right. however they have it. Like you know he he's the token sidekick villain henchman of the day. But I mean for his first appearance he got he, he was left to die by the end of it. <laughs> he really and then as he's flying away, you were nothing but an imbecile for a character that they're just for a character <laughs> that they were just going to kill at the end of the issue. They gave him a lot of dialogue when he's wondering whether or not to go back and save Dracula, and then he just gets hit in the head by not Sharon Tate. Yeah, <laughs> not Sharon Tate is like my next tattoo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for copyright reasons, it's not yeah. Sharon Tate. <laughs> Wink. So let, let me ask you this: uh, keeping in the line of Dracula, did you ever watch Penny Dreadful on Showtime? No. What, okay. How was that? Is that have Eva Green in it? I don't know who Eva Green is. She was the she, she was the Bond girl from Casino Royale. Yes, it has her in it. Okay. Well, I love has, her, yeah. so now I have yeah. to watch that show. She's fantastic. Uh, season one, season two, extremely good. Season three, it's okay. Okay, and it's the last season. Okay, it's on Showtime. I think you can still stream it on there. There is. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there's one. She is basically supposed to be betrothed to the devil she grew up cursed okay and it has a lot of the the old type of tropes in which you have the wolf man and you have this person and that person right so she is in an insane asylum in one of these episodes right and she is being haunted by the devil basically so the devil manifests himself in the figure that she's familiar with and is talking to her because it's like, oh, you're supposed to be my bride and that. And, you know, we'll fucking put hell on earth and all this other stuff and this and that. And he's talking and then he stops and he looks over his shoulder and he's the devil is terrified and he goes to the corner and quivers. And she's like, what's going on? And she's like, he says something to the effect. And I'm paraphrasing. It's my brother, the prince of the prince of beast. It's Dracula. And then Dracula appears manifested in the same likeness of the same person. And now he's selling himself to her. You should choose me because you will reign in the, in the human form together. And it is actually, you know, you went to Liberty. So you know a lot about the Bible and everything. There is a lot of monologue in there. A lot of dialogue that is, it's skirting biblical type of, it is like, Whoa, what the fuck? And like, I got goosebumps when I watched it and it, it is a great great part it's a it's a really good series i i I recommend it you gotta watch it i i I need to check that out um yeah i'm I'm trying to get through uh what's it called not a good sign if i forget i'm trying to get through peaky blinders right now but i I think i think with dracula and and i I think uh i think we'll we'll wrap it up with this because i want to hear your thoughts There, there are not many interpretations of dracula that try and skew too far from like that 1930s black and white era or the 1970s Christopher Lee era where it's still really in the Bram Stoker vein. I know you haven't seen um, 
Van Helsing, but the the Dracula and Van Helsing, the movie is probably my favorite version because he is outright horrifying. The film starts with him. It doesn't even start with Van Helsing. The film starts of Dracula. And okay. throughout the film, Dracula just mind fucks people like it's going out of style. And they took a lot of chances with that version of Dracula because he wasn't suave and debonair, even though he was to a degree. Like he is like purely like this guy is evil and he knows he's evil and he's fully manifested evil. And you don't know whether or not Van Helsing is going to be able to fight him at the end of the day. Whereas in in cartoons and other films and stuff like this, like Dracula, as terrifying as we know he has the potential to be. He still played off a satire. And, and I even feel like in his own book, in this own issue, like everything you mentioned, he struggles. He barely beats beats Blade. He makes stupid mistakes and stuff like that. He doesn't seem as strong. Like that seems to be the version that keeps really getting replayed. So, I mean, for right now, while Dracula in Marvel Comics is totally not like this version that we just read – do you ever think we'll see a version of Dracula that is able to manifest the type of the type of fear that that Penny Dreadful version was able to bring? And um, would, I, I do don't. Think that's always appropriate. Um, to manifest that kind of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's absolutely appropriate. I, I think scare. I, I think monsters wise, if we're talking Universal monsters or anything like that, I think Dracula is the king. I think he has got to scare the living shit out of you. I think that the Netflix uh, the, during the pandemic that had a series, I thought it was dog shit. I oh, really, that was really so bad. The British version, yeah, yeah I, I hated yeah. it. I didn't care for it. Um, Gary Oldman is a fantastic Dracula. Okay, he's fucking creepy. Women find him sexy. He was he was all those things. But yet, you know, you, you're right in comics. You don't necessarily see Dracula fight. You you just have. Min- Dracula has minions, and every- he's got an endless amount of army and en- endless amount of people that just do the fighting for him. Um, I am in favor of a badass Dracula. I want a blade counterpart, and I want him to be Dracula. I want a- a Dracula to be able to handle his own shit. I don't want Dracula to quiver or whatever. Dracula should be the best fucking looking guy in the room. Okay. Dracula should be suave, divinaire, or whatever, but at the same time, fucking ruthless. And then, like, laugh it off. Like, it's, he's, like he's a sociopath. Because that's what Dracula is. To me, Dracula is the best sociopath. You know what? I just want to eat your, drink your blood. I'm going to play with you. I'm going to fuck with you. And then I'm going to kill you. And then guess what? I'm going to do it all over again on a global scale. Because I want, I, it, it's, the world is mine. You can't fucking touch me. And that's, Dracula. To me, that's how Dracula should should be portrayed. Yeah. Dracula should not be overly weakened or, 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 or he's fucking thousands of years old. How are you going to fool this guy? How are you going to fool this guy? So with like, oh, I'm not an Arab. I'm a Catholic. You know? <laughs> well, like Dracula 2000, which is a highly underrated movie. Like in that movie, they, 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 oh my gosh. Not, well, it's, it's a 20, it's, it's a 22 year old movie. So I'll spoil it for you. They straight up make Dracula Judas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in the movie, Dracula is Judas. Like he ha- became, he became oh. Dracula. Yeah. Like he became Dracula because he betrayed Jesus Christ. That's a cool ass concept. Yeah. And that was, people, I did did, that. people didn't like it because, 
in that film, they make him all those things. And it's like, you know, that that is the type of version of Dracula I think is coming back more. People want right. the cool, creepy, psycho, full-on serial killer, like devil himself incarnate Dracula. Right, and I right. think it's just about catching up with the times. I think the more right. of this old old version sheds, I mean, they, they even tried to do it in Blade because Deacon Frost is a Dracula type. No matter what they try and paint him as, like he was a great villain in that movie. I forget the actor's name, but like that, that is what I think of when I'm thinking of a more appropriate villain for Blade the Vampire Slayer to fight. Right, right. No, I agree. I mean, I I think, I think the world is ready for it. Nothing wrong with the old school Dracula, you know? There's a time and place for it. Correct. Scooby Doo. (laughs) That's the only place I really think about it. (laughs) This is Scooby's Dracula. You know, Scrappy takes takes Dracula down. You know? Yeah, you know he's not going to bite Daphne, even though she might actually want it. It's not going to happen. There's nothing to worry about, Fred. Well, that, if, yeah. if you're going to do a historical piece, right? A historical piece way back in Victorian times or even before that. Okay, let's have that Dracula. You know, but if you're going to make it now more modern, let, let's let's have a new Dracula. I dig it. Well, folks, hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. If you want more exclusive content because you want more of the show between the show, go ahead and support us on patreon.com slash secondprintpod for as little as $5 a month. You can get access to our exclusive Facebook group, uh, exclusive bonus content, uh, you know, monthly Zoom calls. We even go ahead and mail you uh, hardcover shrink-wrapped graphic novels once every three months for $25 and up patrons and so much more. Hopefully you're enjoying the month of October as much as I enjoy constantly talking about it. As always, if there's one thing you can do to keep the monsters away, it's read comics and change the world. Good night, America. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.